We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Throws the marching pass upfield. Reggie Townfields gathers it in on the dead run and races all the way to score from Los Angeles. The 72-yard touchdown play. First down inside his own five from his own end zone. Sacked in a safety on Rudolph. Aaron Donald and Clay Matthews got to him. Inspired by the presence of Captain Jack Youngblood, playing in pain with his broken leg. A savage Ram defense. They hand it to Steven. Great jump cut. 45 seconds. a whole burst to it. 20. Side steps to tackle. Runs left. 25 still on his feet. 10. 46 yard goal by number 39. Running back, number 29, Eric Dickerson. Johnny Hecker, a high school quarterback, is going to throw. The fake is on it. He's got a first down to Stephen Bailey. Mike Jones made the tackle. And the Rams have won the Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Rams Talk Radio with Derek C. Apollo and Michael Stewart. Welcome to Rams Talk Radio. This is Derek C. Apollo with a Thursday edition of the show. We got a collab tonight with the Pride Podcast from the Detroit Lions, Malcolm Hart, myself. I want to get you right to it before we do. I want to ask you to to Apple Music, leave a five star review, and always, always be sure to follow us on social media. We're putting out some shows this week. We've got a lot of good content coming your way tomorrow night. Jerry Ball, former Lions defensive tackle, he breaks down the Lions from the players' point of view as well. Looking forward to that one being out, being out there for you. But here we go. First things first, a word from our sponsors. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, here's our collab with Malcolm Hart from the Pride Podcast. All right. Welcome to the joint venture, the joint football conversation pride podcast with Malcolm Hart, me, Derek C. Paul Rams Talk Radio, and we're looking deep into this Sunday's matchup. Jared Goff comes home, the Rams, the Lions. Oh boy, here we go. Malcolm, how you doing, man? <laughs> man, I'm doing great, man. Well, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm doing okay. Um, not looking at the Detroit record right now, but besides that, I'm doing okay right now, man. Oh, yeah. I gotta be honest. I don't like, I don't like seeing it. You got a lot of Rams guys who went there, and we do yeah. wish them success. From Brad Holmes down to your coaching staff, you got Michael Brockers. We love Michael Brockers here. So, to see the struggles, I'm hoping things change, and I'm also from the Midwest, by the way, Malcolm, so I'm sitting there thinking, I'm, I'm tired of watching the Lions suck. All right, I'm just going to be blunt. I'm tired of watching them <laughs> suck. I went up there for the, ra- the last time they played the Rams in Detroit, right? And yeah. the fans there treated us great. The exception of some drunk dude in the bathroom who talked trash oh, to, my, yeah. to my buddy. My buddy's six foot four, three fifty, four football player. Yeah, and he, that was taken care of quickly to, for that drunk. But um, besides that, the fans <laughs> were great. The staff at Ford Field was great. It was one of my favorite experiences for an NFL game. And I left thinking, Detroit deserves better than this. They, the fans deserve better than this. It's been like, it's been pre-Super Bowl era since the Lions have been sincerely relevant. More than a one-off season here or there. Like 1957. Uh, yes. I didn't want to say the year. but And I'm not saying to rub it in either because we just came off a huge drop for ourselves on our end. But I'm tired of watching it. I want to see this team successful. I get tired of seeing the Packers do it all the time. I get tired of seeing the Bears be the Bears. I mean, I would like to see the Lions represent, especially after that great experience I had in Detroit. So, I mean, on my end, I'm wondering, what's going on up there? Why is the situation what it is? <laughs> it's, it's, it's a mixture of a lot of things right now. One being that we are an extremely young team. Um, I, if I have to think right, I think we're the youngest football te- team in football right now. So they're extremely young. Um, we got a lot, a lot of young pieces. Did lose a lot of guys. You know, one guy being on on your team right now, um, <laughs> John Matthew Stafford. Um, he's actually, I mean, we lost him. We lost you know all all of our receivers. So we're just in a you know new head coach, new GM, and we're just trying to start from the bottom and and, and fix. You know what's been Detroit's issue for a very long time. Is it fixable? And that sounds sarcastic, is it, probably. Is it but, fixable? Of, of course, I, of course, I think it's fixable. I mean, if, if you look at our history, you know, we haven't shown that we had the ability to pass. But what Dan Campbell is doing and his coaching staff, I from the trenches. Um, you know, they're drafting high in the offensive line. Um, well, they went back to back on defensive line. So they know that, you know, I guess they're seeing what we did in the past that didn't work. Um, so they're, they're definitely trying to fix it and building from trenches and we'll see how it goes, man. 
mean, it's hard to watch. Honestly, <laughs> uh, you know, and you're not even really watching it. We have to sit down and watch it every week. Oh, but, but <laughs> believe it or not, we're familiar with it because between 1990 and 2016, the Rams had like one, two, three, one, what, 2001, 2000, 99, then I think five winning seasons in that 30 year stretch. And they weren't just like, Bad. They were horrifyingly bad, and I've seen yeah. some. I and I saw the Lions come up here and there in the Barry Sanders years, and then when Calvin Johnson was in, there were some up years, and you thought, okay, they finally turned the corner. But when you have those kind of players, man, I mean, to me, Barry Sanders is the best running back I've ever seen in my life that I ever yeah, saw. Me too. I mean, you can make arguments for other players. I mean, I, I mean, we had Marshall Falk in his prime, but very nice player. I mean, there were you just couldn't. Barry Sanders was just special. And I'll never forget yeah. watching him play. Never forget watching him play. And you think, man, the, the Lions should have done more of that. And I'm hoping they'll do more. I'm not hoping they do more this weekend, but I'm hoping they do more, you know, franchise. You won't have to hope too much. <laughs> we'll get to that part, I guess. But, you know, I'm, I'm just thinking, geez. <laughs> so, I mean, on your end, where are you thinking right now? As far as the Lions, or are you talking Lions, about Lions, Rams? I mean, we, I mean we're, we're, as you're entering this weekend, what are you, when you're breaking down Lions, Rams, if you had things you're hoping for, like what are your outcomes for this game that you think are possible? Um, now I'm gonna hit a home, uh, <laughs> I'm gonna throw a Hail Mary here. Um, I'm hoping that our defensive coordinator, Aaron Glenn, actually comes up with a really good game plan to limit Matthew Stafford and, and the Rams' high-powered passing attack. I didn't say they're going to stop them. Because I think you guys have a lot of weapons. There's weapons all over the field. And Matthew Stafford, I mean, we watched him for 12 years, and we know what he can do. All the no-look passes, it is, you know, he is a ball. And I always said it, that he was a top-five talent as far as arm talent in the NFL. And, you know, I stand by that. I still feel like that right now. Um, but I just, I just hope we can contain that offense. You know, we talked to Jerry Ball this week. Um, yeah. And Jerry told me this. He actually said he, he believes that Matthew Stafford is a, top, is a top five quarterback in the NFL. Period. Hey, I mean, it's, it's possible. Um, I, I say arm talent. I mean, I've seen Matthew Stafford as high as I've seen Matthew Stafford as lows. You know, I've seen Matthew. I've been watching every single game Matthew Stafford played in Detroit since he got here. So I've seen his highs. I've seen his lows. Um, you could say he's a top five quarterback. I wouldn't argue with that. But as far as arm talent and the, his ability to do, like, he was doing all the Patrick Mahomes stuff before Patrick Mahomes came in the league. People are just starting to notice, noticing it now. And he's probably going to get more media attention now, not easy with the Rams. Because what Detroit, I mean, I'm telling you, like, Detroit doesn't get that much attention. Like you could be, you could be a really great player, and I could, I could name a player right now. That a lot of people might not know. A lot of Rams fans may not have no clue who this player is. DeAndre Levy. He was a linebacker that played in Detroit, in like probably like 2013, 2012. But he was a phenomenal player, and he's just a guy that because he's in Detroit, he doesn't get no recognition. So the same thing, Matthew Stafford. When you look at the Lions, first thing you see, no matter what player you are, unless you're Megatron, you know you have to be like Megatron to get that type of Wow, you're great, you know, but 
if you're in Detroit, the first thing you look at is your record. They don't look at the, your stats or what your, your ability to do on the field. They just look at the record. They say, oh, you're on the, you're on the Lions. You know, when he looked at Matthew Stafford in the past, his thing was, oh, he's Matthew Stafford. He's overrated. Uh, he has no playoff wins. He can't win in the playoffs. Look at his record against winning teams. That's, that's, what, you look, that's what the media looked at when they looked at Matthew Stafford. Yeah. Now he's on the Rams. They're like, oh, my God, this guy's amazing. He's an MVP candidate. <laughs> you know, passes. Like, dude, he was doing that in Detroit. He just gave him no recognition. That's, that's all it is. And so it's interesting you say that, Matt, because, you know, when the Rams sent Goff over to you guys and you, you, know, when you sent us Stafford, you know, there, there, was a, there was a section of the Rams fan base that is their ardent Goff defenders. Like, oh, really? Goff could crucify Christ at the 50-yard line. These people would be like, what? We got your back, man. We got your back. And I, I was, we were actually, we defended Goff quite a bit up until, I think he, he lost me at some point last year. There was just something, and I, we'll talk about it if you want to know. I mean, I, I'm supposing you want to yeah, know. Yeah, no, no, absolutely, because but, I want to hear your, I want to hear your thoughts about Jared Goff, because... He hasn't been good with us so far. So I want to hear what maybe in the Rams, maybe you saw things different in the Rams and his ability to, I guess, like, because right now in Detroit, his, his problem in Detroit is that he's missing open receivers and he's scared to throw the ball down the field. And uh-huh. I'm not uh-huh. sure if that was the same issues in Check. Yep. L.A. Mm-hmm. than we're seeing in Detroit because it's bad right now. Like, we're, I can tell you this right now, 99.8% of our fan base wants this guy's bench. Well, bad it is. I'll, I'll lay it out this way. Well, for me, first finish a thought on Stafford. Okay, because like yeah, 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 yeah. you know, I'm, I'm serious. Like you could have crucified somebody. Golf could have went to midfield so far and crucified somebody, and they've been like, "Yeah, cool, golf." Um, but <laughs> the the that same sector, they immediately look at Matt Stafford's record and they go, "You know, the guy hasn't won anything. He's been in the playoffs like one time. He's overrated. He got most of his yardage in garbage in garbage time." And my response to that would be, dude, there was no point in his career in Detroit where he had a complete team around him. He may have had receivers. He didn't have running backs. When he had running backs, he didn't have receivers. He barely ever had a defense. His offensive line was up and down throughout his entire time there. When did they have a complete team to really put around him and support him? Because every franchise quarterback needs protected. I don't care who you are. Look at Russell Wilson in the last five years. Great quarterback gets killed every year, and they're not back to a Super Bowl. I mean, yeah, there's your point. So I, I want to hear from you. I mean, when you evaluate Matthew, St- Matthew Stafford, you know, talk to those fans and and be like, okay, you're right, you're wrong, you're in the middle ground because I see, I see Matthew Stafford as that missing piece right now. He's doing yeah. his his decision making, in my point of view, his willingness to make a throw. To make a decision and live with that decision is a big deal, you know. And he is a little more escapable than Jared Goff was. Jared Goff would sometimes surprise you when he scrambled, and unfortunately, sometimes he didn't. Matthew Stafford just knows where to step, where to go, how much to, you know, how much you can avoid a rush, and and so on and so forth. So t- you tell me, you know, who do you who are you more in line with in terms of the the Goff Stafford debate. Yeah, so I, I'm just gonna say this. Um, even when Jared Goff in 2018, when Jared Goff had his best year with the Rams, this was in 2018 when he took you guys to the Super Bowl. 
Um, that was when there was that big debate. I guess Ndamukongsu. I'm not sure if he was on, he was on the team at that time or he, mm-hmm. or he just left. But Ndamukongsu at that time came out and said that Jared Goff was the best quarterback he ever played with. So that that right there sparked media attention. Everybody was like, "Yeah, Jared Goff. He won playoff games. He did this. He did that." I always defended Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford, as far as arm talent, decision making, and just arm talent alone, it's just light years, you know, beyond golf's. You know, right now Lions fans are wishing <laughs> we had Matthew Stafford back in, in in Detroit. So Matthew Stafford, as far as you looking back at his career, and you look, if you're that type of fan that's saying, you know, he hasn't won a playoff game, um, you know, he has a three and forty something record against winning teams, and this is this is the thing with Detroit. Before Matthew Stafford came to Detroit, Detroit Lions was 0-16. And before even the 0-16 years, we were winning two games, three games, mm-hmm. three games, two games. You know, we weren't winning anything after, mm-hmm. since 99. We, have, yeah. we weren't winning anything. And then we get Matthew Stafford in 2009. All right, he gets injured back-to-back years. His first full year in 2011, what does he do? He takes us to the playoffs. Um, yeah, you can say, yeah, Matthew Stafford hasn't won a playoff game because he you know, lost against the Saints that year. But Matthew Stafford has been the only, <laughs> and I say the only hope in Detroit. You can say, you know, he had Megatron. You know, he had, great, he had a great receiver. But Matthew Stafford in Detroit, he only had nine 100-yard rushers in his career. I take that back. It was 10. His last year, he had, t- he had, he had one, one person go for 100-yard. That was that Swift. That had a 100-yard game. But in, in, in 12 years, in 12 years, he had nine running backs get 100 yards. He, they only got 100 yards in the game nine times. That's not, that's not going to lead to success. Um, the, Stafford was not the issue in Detroit. Detroit was is the issue of their own. The Detroit Lions are, are the issue. Um, and... Unfortunately, you know, they failed Stafford. They haven't built around them enough to win a, a up-down playoff game. We couldn't win a division title, couldn't win a playoff game. Because the Detroit Lions, they failed Stafford. And, you know, he got to a point that he, look, he wanted to go win. And you're seeing him now. He's beating good teams right now. He's beating playoff teams. Didn't- I mean, that was a ding, right? He couldn't, he couldn't beat the big teams. I mean, he beat Tom Brady. He beat Tom Brady. He beat the Buccaneers. Now people, wow, he could be a playoff team. No. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's but, on a better team right now. So, well, how do you define arm talent? <clears throat> how do I define arm talent? I, I, as far as, you know, I think Stafford can make throws that 96% of quarterbacks in the NFL can't make. I think you're looking at arm talent, there's only a few quarterbacks who can make every single throw. And when I'm talking about that, you're looking at, um, you know, Patrick Mahomes, of course, Aaron Rodgers, of course, Josh Allen. You could put Russell Wilson in there. And then you got Matthew Stafford. That you could just, they could throw a ball anywhere on the field, any weird angle, they could get the ball there. And that's what Matthew Stafford's going to bring you. And, you know, you're seeing it now. You guys are seeing a very explosive offense with Matthew Stafford. And I'm, oh. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely jealous. It's like watching <laughs> Lions fans watching the Rams. It's like watching your ex-girlfriend with uh, somebody that's, that's better. You know, like, <laughs> say, say your ex-girlfriend got with somebody that's, like, rich, and you're like, oh, shit, and he's buying her things, and he's taking her out. She, you know, they're driving the, 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 the Maybach. They just, they just, she's having a blast. So are Lions fans out. watching this? Or, I mean, are they kind of supporting yes. the Rams now that he's yes. there? Yeah, I mean, a lot, you know, you have those fans, and a lot of people are going there right now. A lot of my friends in Michigan, they're headed to 
LA right now um, to go watch Matthew Stafford. And they're going to be there with the Lions, Matthew Stafford jersey. They're going to cheer for him. Matthew Stafford is still loved in Detroit, man. Uh, don't don't get it twisted. We don't we don't hate the guy, and, and he doesn't. He's not hated in Detroit. I mean, we understand his pain when you go losing for twelve straight years and a franchise failed to put a a winner around you. It's tough. I mean, I mean this yeah. is tough. I, I want to say this though, because I think I'm gonna, probably going to blow your mind. You ready? Yeah, I'm ready, man. Jared Goff has that same arm talent. <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> Wait. He can make. Time out. Time out. He can. Hold on. Hold on. Listen. Listen. I'm going to blow your mind with this. Just, 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 just hear me out. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm hearing it. If you have, and if you happen to have Game Pass, I do. Go back in the game I always I refer people to. Go back to the 2018 Vikings Rams game. It was on Thursday Night Football. And you're going to see what Jared Goff is capable of. And you're going to understand why Ndamukong Sue said what he said. Okay? The problem with Jared Goff is not his arm. He, if you take a look at his film, especially on intermediate sideline routes, it's elite. His deep ball, when protected, that's the key point, when protected, is elite. The guy can make every throw elite level, especially those difficult sideline throws, especially those deep balls. The problem with Jared Goff, it's up here. It's in his head. It, the problem with Jared Goff that we saw here was when he should be reading the progression, one, two, three, four, in his fifth year, he was reading progressions like a first-year guy, second-year guy. We're seeing that in Detroit right now. Okay. And when, thing, when he doesn't read the defense well, he feels a little bit of pressure. He panics. It's like he, and I can even point back to the game. And the game where he broke will shock you because it was a Detroit game in 2018. Yep. It was a Detroit game. You guys, he came in there, and I was at the game. I mean, I was, I just, I was just telling you about it. And he went. In, the, the Lions gave him looks defensively, which made that game awful uncomfortable for Rams fans. In yeah. a game, we thought we would go in there and wipe the floor with the Lions. We um, did too. We thought they would, and the Lions did things that really messed up the Rams' eleven personnel, and, and the yeah. Bears. Copied that, and Bill Belichick, Bill Belichick perfected it in the Super Bowl. Same strategy. And so the problem with him, with, with him is you get him uncomfortable. You get him in a place where the pocket, fold, I mean, the way I say it would be, if you imagine like you're going to fold a taco, you have, you have a piece of, of a tortilla, and you're folding it towards you, like, they, like the line will bend. When that yeah. line bends around him like a taco, he does not know what to do. He feels pressure before it gets there. It's like he has David Carr syndrome. Oh, no. Okay? And I don't know what broke him, but I would say this. When a quarterback who's a franchise guy, what we, what we figured out, we really kind of believe it, and just hearing some rumblings within 
the Rams. Just hearing little things leak out here and there. Okay. The guy just wasn't preparing. So Dan, when Dan Campbell called him out this week, and I'm sitting there going, yep, that's the Jared Goff I know, is Jared Goff just didn't spend time in the film room. And if he did, he wasn't getting it. I tend to believe he wasn't in the film room like he should be, where you're going to see that defense come up and you're going to know exactly what they're doing. He wasn't reading it. So when the pressure came, because he wasn't reading the defense well, he didn't know where to take the football. He panicked. If you protect Jared Goff, if you provide protection for Jared Goff, that guy will kill you in a million different ways. He will, he will, he will destroy you. Okay, but if your offensive line is leaky and you got a defense is going to give him different looks, you're in trouble. He's in trouble. And oh, man, I was hoping, trouble. I was hoping that this would be a wake up call for him because I'm telling you, he has every freaking physical tool in the book. Jared Goff, as a quarterback, as a pocket quarterback, he can do everything Matt Stafford can do physically. But the game preparation, the the ability to read, like it's, it just never seemed to me like he put in, like the, let's just say if he was putting in film time, it would translate in the field, right? You'd be able to read defense. You'd be able to see the progressions clearly. And when he got enough pressure on him, when defenses did weird things to him, he struggled. But I'm telling you, go back and look at that Vikings game. The Vikings-Rams game from 2018. That is, the, that is the ultimate example I can give you of what Jared Goff can do. Go back to the Chiefs Monday night game where they oh, went yeah, 50, a 54-51 game. game and what he can do. Yeah. The throws he made in that game, the throws he made in those two games, because that was everything he's capable of. So the question is going to be, the question has to be for the Lions. Can the Lions get this guy to get it in the preparation? Can they get him out of his own head? So I'm doing two things. I'm getting into sports psychologist because he's lost it, A. B, and I'm getting his butt in the film room. And I'm locking him in that freaking film room. I'm treating that like a college freaking class where he's coming in there and he's going to, his exam for this week is he's going to be able to break down for me everything he's seeing in that Rams defensive film. That's what they really need to do. Because if they can do that and protect him, you're going to love the guy because when he's on, when Jared Goff is on, he is a top five quarterback in the league. When he's not, he's not top 30. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, everything you talk about, yeah, man, you're, you're, you're spot on. I mean, the only thing I'll have to say as far as, um, the only thing I'll disagree with as far as arm talent and he, him Stafford being the same, I, I don't see that. Go I, watch I the film. I just don't see it. Just go back I mean, and watch I, that film. I, I get that, but... Jared Goff is not doing no look passes. He he's not doing that. He's not he gonna has throw done the balls. no look passes. He has. He's done no look pass. Yes, he he's done it. I mean, the problem, but the problem is, where as Matt Stafford is good up here, he's good in the head. Yeah. He he's prepared. This is why Sean McVay loves him. He's just as much of a football nerd as Sean McVay is. He loves he he he's a he's he is just as much a junkie as as McVay is. This is why those two get along. Okay, so when you get those two in a room together and they're covered and they, they're going to they're going to be fine with Goff. You you never really understood whether or not Goff loved the game. 
I'm not saying he doesn't love the game. But it was pretty clear he wasn't putting the time he needed to put in. But when he was on, that's why I'm telling you, go look at those games. You'll see him making throws and be like, oh, crap, that's elite. Yeah. I mean, that's what I, that's what I told my – I actually went back and watched some film on Jared Goff, mostly at that Chiefs game, just to tell myself, okay, we have a fighting chance. Not this game. I'm talking about before it, when we first got him. Mm-hmm. Just saying, okay, we have a fighting chance, you know. And actually, when we first got Jared Goff, I could say it was a 50-50 split as far as our fan base, as far as the people looking at his last two years in, in um, L.A., saying, oh, he's not it, you know, his turnovers is a problem. Um, his decision-making is exactly what you said as far as uh, his progression reading, you know, the going through his progression is, is not good. It's, it's like a rookie level. So all these problems, and you had the, the, the fans 50-50. You had some of the fans saying, let's give him a chance. Um, he doesn't have a great receiving core here, but maybe he can make something out of nothing. Then you had those fans saying, oh, this is, he, he's, this guy is a disaster, you know? And Six weeks in, going to seven weeks in, um, it's almost it's almost a hundred percent split as far as people are just not with this guy. Like as far as because you're seeing the turnovers, he has you know in, in six games, the first six games he had seven turnovers. Um, you know most of them are fumbles, and I'm pretty sure you've seen that problem in in L.A. with him holding onto the ball when he gets sacked. I mean, it's the problems, and we had a a, a game that was raining. And it was a disaster because, like, every time he just dropped, the ball was just slipping out of his hand. Uh, it looked like he was playing hot potato. It was bad. <laughs> yeah, well, there so, was, um, when he went 0-7 for the Rams in his first season, and he came back at this press conference, and he said, I promise, we will fix this. We will fix this. And the next season, he comes in with McVay, and he fixed it. And for those two years, 2017, 2018, he got better every year. He, it was phenomenal those years. He moved all, and he, and I'm telling you, he made those throws. He, we saw little weaknesses, but we figured, okay, you know, he's still young. He's going to progress. He's, he's, he's going to figure this out. And then he just didn't figure it out. And what really changed was that Lions game. And that's also when the offensive line started breaking down a bit that year. And yeah. it happened again a year later. It just started breaking down. And when that when he didn't have an offensive line and no running game, the Lions don't have a running game for him. Jared Goff screwed. Yeah, we actually. I mean, our running backs are they're not they're 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 good. I just, I love our running backs. The thing is that they're getting so behind in games they have to abandon the run game. But both DeAndre Swift, or Jamal Williams, they they have good averages right now. They're both averaging above four and a half yards per carry. They're just not getting enough attempts. That that's the issue because. You know, Jared Goff will have quick three and outs, and then, you know, defense, you know, the offense, other, the defense is on the field now. So we're getting behind in game so quickly that we're having to abandon the running game. And I would expect the same situation would happen this week against the Rams. <laughs> well, um, one, one of the big failures <laughs> that McVay did, though, I, and, I, and I'll pin this on McVay, because you go back to the, the 2017 2018 Rams, you know, they were one of the best screen teams in the league. And that really gave teams a lot of pause to come hard at Goff. And it, when they abandoned the screen game, I mean, it was like 20, 2019 now. They, they, their numbers with the screens completely dived. And in, that coincides with, with a drop in the running game. 
And that also coincides with Goss falling off. And so if the Lions can work back into a screen game and give teams different looks that way and put defenses on the edge, that will help Goff out a lot. Protecting him is always number one. But you know what? He'll never be what you want him to be until he puts in the effort off the field. Or it's also possible that he'll never have that ability to, he'll never, I mean, because some things you just don't learn. Some things are just, your brain gets it where it doesn't. Maybe he's a guy who will never be able to process. And if that's the case, he's going to be a Ryan Fitzpatrick, a guy who can come off the bench every once in a while and and throw for big yards and win you a game and then be a four-interception guy the next week and move from team to team. That's what he becomes. But I'm telling you, Malcolm, dude, he has the physical talent. they got to fix his head. If I'm the Lions and you think there's a chance he could be your guy, and I'm telling you there is a chance, they got to fix his head. McVay botched it. McVay (laughs) botched it. I love what Dan Campbell did. Dan Campbell came out there and called him out in the presser this week. And I was thinking, thank you. Because McVay never called him out publicly. For what we understand, McVay hammered him behind the scenes. Well, that's not really conducive. Okay. Holding your guy accountable is different than beating them down. And I think I think McVeigh got so frustrated he beat him down. So in some ways you're probably dealing with a guy who's been beat down a bit. I but Dan's being up front. Like he's up front saying our quarterback has to better. And he's not saying it in a way that's disrespectful. And, you know, if he's talking like that in the background with him and holding him accountable and pushing him, there's hope there. But it's gonna take some time to see it. The another thing too, you guys have a much different offense with the Rams are running. Yeah. And you had much different talent, no offense. No, no, no. I get it. <laughs> I definitely get it. But, um, yeah, you're, you're spot on, man. So, Lions fans, you hear that. So, he's saying that there is a chance. <laughs> Gotta fix there his is head. a chance for Jared Goff. Gotta yeah. fix his head. Yeah, fix um, his head. Man. I mean, I'm, ho- I'm hoping. Because so far, I mean, these first six games did not look good. I mean, you, you saw flashes. I mean, I know our Lions fans are like, flashes? What are you talking about? We seen, we seen a half where Jared Goff was like, wow. Mm-hmm. When we were playing against the Packers, you were like, wow. You know, Jared Goff was throwing the ball over the field. He was throwing the ball deep. We were, we were shocked. <laughs> All Lions fans were shocked. The 49ers come back, too, where they put those points up in the second half against the 49ers. Yeah, but a lot of people were calling that during garbage time. They were saying, no, yeah, he did that, but he did that during garbage time. Um, but you, you really saw it week two against the Packers. He came out like, all right, I need to put up points. And he he was on fire the first, this first half. Then the second half, he just went invisible. He was like, where's that Jared Goff? Where, where's, where's that guy that in the first half? He's gone. He's not there no more. <laughs> it happened in the Bengals game a couple of years ago, too. He lit up the Bengals for like 300-some yards in the first half in London. Then he, he was horrible in the second half. Totally. The one thing I've learned about him, too, is and the Rams really stopped doing this. Put him in a two-minute drill. He's That's much what, better running a fast-paced offense. Have him run a fast-paced offense. That's what Dan Campbell actually said that he's actually want to implement. He wants to do a two-minute. He wants to do it early um, to get Jared Goff in offense and some type of rhythm. So we, you're probably going to see the high-tempo offense this week against the Rams. To be honest with you, because. Just so slow paced offense and it's not working. And yes, it's not working. (laughs) And and, you know what? A fast paced 
dink and dunk kind of offense right now is really hurting the Rams. Like, this is what teams have done. And this is what the Cardinals really did, too. Is they'll, they won't worry about it hitting the Rams deep. They won't. They'll go come to the line, go five-yard run, four-yard run, seven-yard dink pass, eight-yard dink pass, eight-yard dink pass, five-yard run, three-yard run. Ooh, and before you... Yeah, and before you know it, <laughs> before you know it, the, the the opposing team has had the ball for eight minutes, and the Rams' offense is, isn't seeing it. And pretty much every opponent has done it to some success. And that's how the Cardinals really just did it. Wow. The Rams, yeah, they just took, the Bears did it pretty well, and it was in the games of the Bears, the talent just rose to the top. But the that's how you. I think hurt the Rams right now. If you can, can run a quick pace, but yet dink and dunk offense where they're constantly on their heels, they're not getting to the quarterback. Because um, I'm going to tell you right now, they're going to they're come after Goff hard. And they're going to throw looks at him. Because these two teams, I mean, these two guys, they know he, they, Goff knows what McVay wants to do, but he doesn't know what Raheem Morris wants to do. But he knows all about That's AD. True. He knows all about AD. They're going to come hard after him. And they're going to do everything they can. To, to, they know he can be confused at the line. They're going, to do a, they're going to do things on defenses that they haven't done all year, is what I'm going to guess. They're going to throw things to him that he isn't going to read well. So if I'm the Lions, I'm focused on running the football early. I'm establishing that. Yeah. Running screen plays. Yeah. R- running, doing, running screens, getting dink and dunk stuff, because that's where the Rams have struggled all year long. Control the football, um, get... Give Goff time to adjust, fast pace, wear the Rams down. That's what I'm doing. Yeah. I mean, that, that would be best case scenario. You know, you, I think the Lions, as far as the keys to victory for this game, you know, they have to, exactly what you said, man. Um, keep, keep that tempo of offense, keep it high. And you, you got to, I would say, dink and doink and, and run the ball. Get, keep Stafford off the field as long as possible. Get long drives, control the time of possession. And, yeah, that's their best shot. Death by a <laughs> thousand paper shot. cuts. That's yeah, it is. They, they can't go into a shootout with this team because our secondary is young. We have a lot of young pieces, and they're not ready to really handle this type of offense, especially with Matthew Stafford, that quarterback, and you got Robert Woods, you got uh, Cooper Cup, and you have weapons all over the field. These guys have... Just, just too many weapons. <laughs> um, so they definitely got to control this time of possession and, and, and keep Matthew Stafford off the field as much as, poss- as, as possible. But it's, and Matthew still, I think he's still adjusting to the Rams offense. Like he hasn't, he's been good, but he's, he's been, been off here good. and there. He's been off here and there, like any quarterback's going to be. He's still new in the offense. And, you know, he, he, he tends to key on Cooper Cup a lot. He tends to focus on him. And, and that costs him against the Bucks. Um, but when you look at the overall, he's been very good. Keep him off the field. The Rams offense had a hard time getting off the ground against the Giants of all teams that first quarter. Didn't look like scores is 30 11, but they only had 360 total yards. You know, 38 to 11 game, you'd think it's like a 450, 500 yard game. But they yeah. were horrible in the first quarter. The Cardinals shut them down at times in that game. This is what blew them up. The Bears shut them down at times in their game. The Colts did as well. So. Overall, it's a very good offense that can be, and I think will be better if they stay healthy. But they're not there yet, and that's where the Lions, I think, have hope. Is they can if they can really 
this kind of control early. Take the take that crowd out of it. I mean, honestly, the best thing for the Lions to do is make this a boring game. Make this a boring game. <laughs> I'm down with that. <laughs> I, I'm down with that. I mean, that's I think that's our only chance to win. But man, that that's that's very scary for you to say that Matthew Stafford hasn't really got this offense because you guys are the fourth um, offensive passing team in the league right now. Offensively, you guys are ranked fourth. The so for you to say, there, yeah, the running game is not there. Um, you got a 21st, but to say Matthew Stafford's not there yet and you guys are already a top five offense in the league, that's some scary stuff. That means you guys have the potential to be the number one offense. And hopefully, if that's do. the case, hopefully we don't see that this week. Well, because you have like you you mentioned, there's Sean Jackson there, there's Robert Woods there, there's Cooper oh, Cup, and Cooper Cup has oh, just God. become elite. And then, but you know, there's this other guy named Van Jefferson who I think has Van star Jefferson. written all over him. Yeah. He's your fourth option. You have a, a solid tight end, receiving tight end Tyler Higby, who is also a good blocker. And these running backs are underrated. It, the problem with our running backs isn't that they're poor running backs; is that these guys can't stay healthy. But Sonny Michelle and Daryl Henderson are both really good guys who I think can be stars in this league if they can just stay healthy. So the Rams are loaded. They're not quite there yet. And teams have been able to slow them down by controlling clock. Control the clock and you got a shot. Only one team's been fully successful because they can't keep the Rams offense down for long. But you have your that's your best shot. If you get into a shootout with the Rams, it's over. It's over. Yeah. Yeah, I'm. I'm hoping that's not the case for Detroit. Hopefully, hopefully, um, Jared Goff is not like I want revenge. I'm going to try to score as many points as I can and try to do. A show. Hopefully, that's not the case because it's not going to be pretty. Um, but yeah, let's go into predictions, man. What What is your predictions for this game? Oh, <sighs> what's your scoring prediction? I want. I actually want. I actually want one scoring prediction and a bold prediction. If you could give me one. That's oh, right. man. The, the, the score prediction, I'm going to put it at 34-14. Uh, I think in this game, the Rams pretty much, they, I mean, they know how to get Goff, and they know how to really break him. Uh, I, and I would just say the only reason why the score isn't higher than that is because the Rams have respect for their other coaches that went there, Robbie Pleasant and their front office guys like Brad Holmes. They don't want to. They're they're going to take the foot off the pedal, and they're trying to keep these guys healthy, like they did the Giants. They they could have put fifty on the Giants if they wanted to. Um, but the bold prediction: it's a close yeah. game, 17-14-2017 game, and they stay close because the because it's a track game. Mm. And and the Rams they tend to play down to competition. They really do. They they seem to get up for the big games, and then they and they tend to play down that's been something i've seen in the mcveigh era is they will like the jets last year the jets had no business going in and beating them last year freaking yeah. jets the jets the jets on their home field i think it was it was in, yeah it was in la it was in sofi no business happening and so you know every once in a while they'll do that so that's my bold prediction be be a close game 2017 shock the league that is very, very, very possible. And re- let me tell you why I say that. Every single time, as, as a Lions fan, you could go back to the last three or four years, 
Whenever you play somebody, you're like, oh, shoot, we're going to get slaughtered. <laughs> Every time you feel like that, it ends up being a kind of a close game. When we played the Chiefs, uh, when Patrick Mahomes is like on fire, we're like, oh, shoot, this is it. <laughs> we're going to lose. This is the first time playing in the Dome. Oh, this is, this, this is bad. He's he going to throw 18 touchdowns against us. Mm-hmm. But we kept it a close game. When we played you guys in 2018, we Lions fans had the same thing. We're going to get crushed. We're going to... You see that offense, Sean McVay? Oh, this is bad. We're going to get killed. We, it was a close game. I mean, Todd Gurley went off in the fourth quarter, and that's, why, that's how you guys won. Um, you know, when we played the Patriots, when Tom Brady was there, same thing. So I think, honestly, I'm going to say it's going to be a, a blowout because I just don't I, – I lost faith in golf already. It's, it's sad to say because he just hasn't shown – I mean, he's shown a quarter – he showed a half of, of, of good football, but he just hasn't put a complete football game together. And I just don't think this is the week that he's going to get it done, especially with Sean McVay that knows Jared Goff. He knows what what bothers him, what gets him uncomfortable. He knows that stuff. So I think this is going to be one of those games that could be bad. But then again, like just like you said, man, I wouldn't be shocked if it's close because it just, it just always happens as a Lions fan. This is one of those games that it's, you think it's a blowout, but it ends up being very close. Look, when we play, look, when we play Baltimore. Thing, this that was another example. We thought we played, we about to play when we played Baltimore. Us as Lions fans thought we were gonna get killed, but look, we damn near won that game. We lost by a sixty, what, sixty-seven yard field goal. Is this stuff like that always, always, always happens as Lions fans? But as far as a, a scoring prediction, I'm gonna say 42-21. And the only reason why I give it 21 points, I think we're going to put up 21 points in garbage time. Um, but I wouldn't be shocked if it's close. I'm going to say that. I mean, my bold prediction, I'm going to say I'm, gonna, <laughs> I'm not sure how bold this is because this, this is very, very, very possible. I'm going to say Aaron Donald gets four sacks. You're that you lack that much faith in your offensive line right now? I mean, we're banged up. I mean, we lost, Frank, we lost our, our starting center, Frank Ragnow. Um, we, you know, we have our rookie Panay Sewell and left tackle, but he's showing his ups and downs. He's playing like a, you know, he has, a, he's a rookie he's playing his ups and downs. Our right tackle is Matt Nelson. And Lord knows if they put Donald on the right side, it's a wrap. If they, they if they even like move him around, because I've seen they move Donald around sometimes. Oh and, yeah. And they They've move him to the, they move him to one of those tackle spots where he has to go against our rookie Panay Sewell. That's, that's bad. If you put him to the right side, he has to go against Matt Nelson. That's bad. He put him in the middle. He got to go against, uh, you, you know, they're going to double try to double team him between Jonah Jackson and, and our new center, um, Evan Brown. Mm-hmm. But that's going to be bad, too. I don't think we're going to have an answer. I don't think we're going to have an answer for Aaron Donald. I mean, just I, I knew we played the Rams and just just thinking about it like, oh, shoot, we got to play against Aaron Donald. Like it, it just it's it's been bothering me all all week. Just when I got into Rams, like, all right, we're playing the Rams and then. Aaron Donald, like it, it's been bothering me all week. So I already know. I'd be worried about bad. Leonard Floyd if I was you, honestly. <laughs> Leonard, Leonard Floyd as Leonard, well, man. Is this he makes everybody else better around? And, and also, you know, the little things about the game, like how 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 tight will this game be called? Because I mean, this is mind blowing. But I think the Rams didn't get a holding call on Donald last year until like the second to last game of the year. Like wow. He was getting held. The guy gets basically I mean, 
I mean, I was going to say something that's much more appropriate, but let's just say he gets he gets <laughs> held every single game, hardcore every game, kind of, and, and and double and triple teams, and a lot of times he's not. If they call holding in this game, uh, once or twice even, that changes the dynamic. So, you know, I, I would say that the little things like that in terms of how they will affect the pass rush. If your offensive line is that dinged up, Goffy's yeah. in trouble. You gotta get you gotta get that running game going early. You gotta get the screen game going early. You gotta back these guys off the line. They've been playing an awful lot of zone this year, which I hate. I hate that they play so much zone. Uh, if they can get the Rams stuck in that zone to where that's all they play, then at that point Goff could pick them apart. Huh? <laughs> Goff is all very good at the sidelines. He's very all line fans are like he's what? the Black Death when he's throwing in the middle. Okay, the Rams want him thrown to the middle of the field because he's horrible there. You, and it's all mental again. He doesn't read things well in the middle, but he starts making sideline throws. He's among the he. He is, man. His 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 sideline intermediate passes. They are a thing of art. I know you haven't yeah. seen it yet, but uh, we've when seen he's his out on, routes. Hmm? Yeah, we've seen I mean, his out routes. Like when he throws. We thought like that's like his favorite pass, like throwing out routes. I mean, they get there. He's a lead, and but that's that's what concerns me. Like, okay, dude, you're still. What I'm telling you, he's got all the arm talent in the world. He's he has the arm talent. So then, why can't you? Why aren't you making those throws in the middle? Because he's not reading the freaking middle well. He's not reading it at all. He just doesn't see it. He doesn't see the rush. He doesn't take control of the line. And again, preparation. When you guys get a golf that prepares and is reading defenses, it's a scary quarterback. In a good way, not a bad way. You 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 just now gave I'm not sure how many Lions fans you convinced just now, but you given some fans some hope. And you're a guy who's seen a lot of Jared Goff. So we respect that. We respect that. And we're gonna take that in consideration. So I hopefully, haven't I, I want to say this. Yeah, we we backed Goff a lot, and it wasn't until like half through his last season where we said, "You know what? No, he he." But we know the talent's there, okay. And I'm not saying that he's going to fix it, but I think Dan Campbell is a guy who can. He's not Sean McVay. Sean McVay's weakness is Sean McVay really struggles with handling that stuff. Like he's. My God, McVay's like 35 freaking years old. He's still learning how to do this stuff. But yeah. you get a guy like Dan Campbell who's up front with you and honest with you and blunt with you and says what he's thinking and doesn't wait five years to say what he's thinking, then, you know, hopefully that's, that's something that will work on him. And the last thing I want to say about Goff, too, is we cannot forget he's adjusting to a different offense. He had a weapons galore in L.A. He doesn't really have much in terms of weapons there in Detroit. Now, I mean, no That's offense to, to, to the Lions roster. I no, mean, no, no, no. You're, you're building. Fine. Trust me, we know we have no weapons. Okay. <laughs> we, we're two weapons. We, we are two weapons deep. And that is DeAndre Swift and TJ Yeah, We know that. But <laughs> it's no you know, secret. But you know, Goff was great with his tight ends. If yeah. you can build that connection with Hawkinson, you got something there. If you, I mean, the passing game with your tight ends can be magical. Put a two tight end set in there, run Hawkinson on one side. And then you have. And use those running backs. Put, get reopen the the uh, the screen game. Give him choices. 
and you've got a shot. But it's still on him. He's got to read those defenses. And if you, can, if you can get the right coach to get in with him and get him reading those defenses, he's your franchise quarterback for the next decade. You'll never forget Matthew Stafford, but you'll come close. He's got that kind of talent. Mm, that's, 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 that's some stuff, man. That's some juicy stuff, man. <laughs> I mean, but you know, he could be a Ryan Fitzpatrick. He could go mm-hmm. the other way and be like a guy who come in, throw 350 yards, four touchdowns, three interceptions, win you a game, and then throw four interceptions next week and suck. That, and that's, that's who, he could, who, he could, who he could wind up being. Unfortunately, he's young enough still where that destiny is not laid in front of him. Yeah. I, you know what? Let's see. Let's see. I mean, I'm, I'm hoping Jared Goff will turn around and be that guy. That would be nice, man. But we'll, we'll see, man. It just, so far, you know, the first six weeks just been very disappointing. I mean, now you know how we felt the last two years. <laughs> We've had rosters to make a Super Bowl run, and what we were short at was quarterback because he just wasn't doing yeah. what he needed to do. Yeah. I firmly believe that he has not been he I don't know if he doesn't know how or he just chooses not to do it, but he's never really prepared well. And it's evident. Just watch the film. Yeah, I agree. So Derek, um is there anything else you have with the show or did you wanna did you have anything else? Crap, man. We've been going for almost an hour. I'm not sure what to talk about. But I would say <laughs> I would say that what are your X factors? That's what we we we, we talk about everything else. What are the X factors for you yeah. in this game? X factors for us is you know you mentioned it, getting our tight ends involved, and that tight end on our end will be T.J. Hawkinson. You know he's a guy. I mean he has been battling some injuries, so he's been up and down the last few weeks. But he has to get involved, and they have to find a way to get him involved. Last week, you know, last week the Detroit Lions got him involved in the passing game a lot, but they need to go back to that, get him involved. And DeAndre Swift, he got to be another guy to get involved as well as far as running game, passing game, get him in, you know, mixed match against linebackers. You got to get him involved as well. So those are our two X factors for Detroit. And for the Rams, the X factors are is avoiding the letdown, avoiding, avoiding the playing down to opponents. And that's, you know, in this game, the talent is with the Rams, the momentum of the Rams. In my view, this should be a blowout. You know, I've been saying this for a long time. One of the biggest problems the Rams have had is when they have the opportunity to put their boot down the head of a snake, they don't do it. And they did it last with the Giants. They got to do it this week. Get the Lions out early. Don't give them any hope. You know, so the exercise is going to be your game prep for that. B, B, the other X factor is going to be the pass rush for the Rams. If You know, that is the, that is the key thing for them. The Rams' pass rush has the ability to dictate this game, and we know why. We've been talking about it for almost an hour. If Jared Goff has time, he can tear you apart. If he doesn't have time, if you make the man nervous, he makes mistakes. Lots of them, and it gets ugly. So this is all about the Rams' pass rush this game. That's your X factor. That's your win factor for the Rams in this game. The Rams' pass rush, that's the bottom line. Because I want to say <laughs> Stone Cold said so, but I will. I'm not Stone Cold. Stone Cold. No way. I love it. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So there you go, folks. Um, I'm going to go ahead and wrap this up on the Rams Talk side. With, for Rams Talk, this is Derek C. Apollo. This is our big Friday show. We're putting this out on Friday. You know, if you want to catch it, I'm not sure when. The big dog here, Malcolm Hart, will, will have it out but on his side. But it's been great. Follow us on Twitter. 
at Talk Rams or me on Twitter at DC Apollo. And I pass this over to Malcolm. Malcolm, take us home, please. <laughs> All right, y'all. It's your boy Malcolm, and you can catch us as far as the Pride Podcast, a your Detroit Lions podcast. You could catch us, you know, anywhere, Spotify, Apple, we're there. Um, and with that being said, man, I'm I'm out, man. We're out of here. Hope you enjoyed the show. And hopefully we can do another collab like this in the future. Yeah, let's go. All right, there you have it. There were the the, the thoughts, the predictions that come out there. It was a fun time with Malcolm. We we got a little bit of banner going there, especially with Jared Goff. I really hope you enjoyed the show. In the meantime, make sure you give us a follow on social media on Twitter, TalkRants, and follow me. Follow me at DC Apollo. Follow the other guys as well. Mike's at 1223, Steve's at Steve Ribeiro, and of course, Johnny5Not6 for Johnny Gomez. Until next time, we're out of here. Have a great one.